0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music Now, not only do these guys make sweet cables, but they are some righteous dudes. I mean, seriously. Awesome, awesome folks over there. And their cables carry a hundred year warranty. I mean, how can you beat that? A hundred year warranty on your guitar cables. But wait, oh wait, there's more. They also just recently came out with the sinusoid sliver, which is a itty bitty teensy weensy little tiny patch cable so you can squeeze one more pedal on your board. And what's more, these bad boys are soldered. So you know they're going to be reliable. They even passed the uh, pull on them and yank really hard test. So that's a pretty good test in my book. And even better, they are giving away a sinusoid sliver every Friday for the foreseeable future at this point. So you just head over to sinusoid.com giveaway. The link's in the show notes. Uh, That's sinusoid.com slash giveaway. Enter your info, and then you're automatically eligible for a free patch cable every Friday. There you go. Boom. Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. And with me today, I have a very special guest, a fellow guitar podcaster, uh, Mark Packham from Guitar Nerds. Hello, Thanks uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on uh it's uh,
1: it's, uh, it's one of the uh, one of the guitar podcasts that I listen to every week so it's it's super weird to oh. be, uh <laughs> to be on the receiving end of the intro and uh like we were just saying before we start recording how weird it is to to be interviewed when normally like I'm the one who holds the guitar nerd show together so yeah so I'm uh, I'm looking to see what kind of probing questions you have got Oh, it's really in-depth stuff. This is like yeah. Barbara Walters level stuff we're talking about <laughs> here. It's, it could. Sure. Cr- <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure that's a reference that really uh, carries over to a, to a UK audience. So uh, um, that was
0: one of the things I, I was going to ask you about, like, because there's so many times where you guys are talking about things, I'm like, huh. What are you talking about? Like, I don't know what that means. What's this train business you guys are talking about down there? Yeah, I don't know. oh God, yeah. No, don't get me started on the trains. <laughs> we could do
1: a whole podcast. In fact, I might start doing one, just a weekly uh, rundown of like how bad the service has been this week. And uh, yeah, see if I can interview anyone on the inside, maybe.
0: Well, who knows? I mean, actually, so where exactly are you guys based? Are you based in London or are you somewhere else? No,
1: so we're, we're based in Brighton. So okay.
0: it's it's like
1: uh, it's on the south coast, um, mm-hmm. and it is I would say maybe a forty or fifty minute uh, train ride from Brighton to London. Okay, um, gotcha. Which is not something I do that often. Um, but yeah, yeah, sunny south coast. It's kind of like a you're you're in Portland, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like the UK's version of of Portland. Uh, oh. We have a kind of. Kind of half weird, kind of hippie community, <laughs> loads of but you know, in recent years, you know, it's uh, kind of hipsters and uh everything that you'd ex- you'd expect in a in a kind of UK Portland crossover.
0: Nice. That sounds like a place I'd enjoy. Like,
1: yeah, quite definitely. a lot. Definitely. Definitely, you know, it's a great music scene, people know for for that. Uh Quadrophenia was set here, so there's like loads
0: of kind of old musical ties. Nice, nice, that's cool. I, I actually did, I visit, visited London a few years ago. Okay. Uh, but we weren't there very long, so I didn't really have any chance to, like, branch out. But, like, when you guys were talking about the bad train service, I was thinking, like, the the tube system was amazing when I was there. I wonder what uh, the yeah. problem is they're, they're having. Yeah, you know? no, that's all fine. And, like, without
1: getting into uh, going in deep, like, London runs its own service, like, the tubes oh. and stuff, like, the... Uh, london it's kind of governs that and then uh there's there's like uh, oh don't get me started (laughs) this could be the most boring episode ever if you get me started on the trains but needless to say uh i've got beef
0: with uh with the trains (laughs) okay we won't we won't probe any deeper into the train light it's probably for the best we we might Uh, who knows we we never know where these things lead. So yeah, as, as a listener to
1: the podcast, I'm well aware that we could probably go a whole hour without even mentioning guitars. So
0: oh, you just did. So we can't do that. Oh With yeah, our, damn! Uh, I lost the game. <laughs> so okay, but I do want to. I do have a question for you because I actually sure. don't know the answer to this at all. Um, okay, but uh, how did you guys get started? I know you guys started on a on the GAK podcast, which is different from what your current, you know, thing is. And then yeah. you also have a bunch of YouTube videos yeah. that I kind of, uh, once you told me that, that that was kind of your launching point, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot I've watched those. I didn't even draw the connection for some reason. I have yes. no idea why. So weird. So, um, well, uh, where do we start? So, uh, Jay, I guess, you know, I, yeah, what... that's the question. What came first, yeah. I guess? Well,
1: I guess actually like our kind of friendship really came first. So, I've known Jay, who is on, is a podcast regular, uh, for maybe fifteen years, something like that. Um, okay, maybe even longer, fifteen or sixteen years, something like that. Um, just through going to punk rock shows in Brighton. Brighton was like one of the hubs of the UK punk rock revival in early two thousands. Okay, uh, that kind of post Blink One Eighty Two, post Green Day. Uh, we had a bit of a kind of punk and ska punk revival in the uk uh loads of diy stuff loads of people traveling around and doing shows and stuff so um yeah brighton was a bit of a hub for that and jay uh i met jay when he was like 14 or 15 um and a young and enthusiastic punk rocker and i'm kind of like <laughs> i'm a few years older so uh yeah i was kind of i felt i was like more scene hardened i had been going to shows for a couple more years so gotcha. yeah he was like a kind of snotty kid um and <laughs> so around that same time i started working well the, actually a few years before that i started working at gak which is a big guitar shop down on the south coast um, in brighton um but also one of the uk's big like online stores Okay. Um, oh, yeah, it's probably you know it's like one of the big two or three in the UK, um, and so yeah, I started working there when I was fifteen or sixteen, um, and up until a couple of years ago, so like fourteen years worth of guitar shop work um, in various various capacities. So so I started working there, um, and at some point, uh, Matt, who is the other podcast regular, came and started working with us. Um, got really good friends with him and then from knowing Jay from gigs and stuff, Jay then joined also, uh, joined the shop, just like working on the till uh, or the register. Um, and so, yeah, so we all kind of working in the guitar shop together. Uh, and then a few years down the line, Joe joined in like doing marketing stuff and that's how we kind of know each other really gotcha. um yeah, all working for the shop, and then I went away for a bit to go and do a degree uh in like broadcast uh like media and broadcast and stuff and digital media and um and kept working at the shop part time and thought like why don't we do a podcast because um, there you go. Cause it, there weren't a huge amount of guitar podcasts around at the time, like I know sixty cycle hum have been going a little while, so this was in two thousand thirteen. Okay. Something like that. So I mean, you might even know better than me because we kind of just did it because I like podcasts and I like guitars. I didn't really know about guitar podcasts or like this kind of bur- burgeoning industry that seems to be uh seems to be going on.
0: Well, <clears throat> yeah. I, sorry, I was in a similar boat. Like I was like, well, I like to talk about gear constantly. Why don't I figure out a way to, you know, talk about gear on a podcast? Because I was the same way. I love listening to podcasts and noticed there was not that many. Or at least not that many I was aware of. Yeah, uh, totally. So, and realistically, there still isn't. I mean, I I listen
1: to like loads of gaming stuff and, you know, sports and uh, tech podcasts and stuff. And those are all kind of flooded. And yeah, on the guitar side of things, there's maybe like five or six that are worth listening to. So.
0: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of odd. Like, what other ones do you listen to, just out of curiosity? Uh, so obviously, TimeMob.com dot com podcast, woo, woo. Um,
1: sixty cycle hum. Those guys are, are awesome, and uh, since kind of got to know them on Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I dip in and out of No Guitar Is Safe, okay, uh, which is the Guitar Player podcast, which I think is like independent, but they publish it or something like that, uh, which is cool. It's a totally different vibe to this. It's not really uh you know they have a celebrity guitarist on every week whereas all the the other ones i listen to are kind of homebrew um uh what else that's about it really that's all i could (coughs) i I, I was gonna say i know that uh premier guitar i've just started one but i kind of had a read of the format and
0: didn't really fancy it so okay yeah well seems like the only one that you're really missing in there is uh, is chasing town and that's about it. Oh of course
1: now I listen to that as well. Of course I listen oh, to chasing okay. town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that brings us to like 5 or 6 which are yeah, which are worth that, worth listening to. So
0: That's pretty much it too. Yeah, and those I actually I'm glad you kind of told me about the no guitar is safe because I because it, and this is a little bit prejudiced on on my part. I seen that it was guitar player magazine and i was yep. just kind of like ah uh, never mind i'm not interested like yeah yeah <laughs> which i probably shouldn't have done cuz i've actually heard this is like the third time now that i've heard it's a pretty good show so i cool. have to check it's it out cool. and
1: like it depends on who's on it really and that's the same with uh you know i listen to the nerdist as well which is a, which yep. you probably know if you're a podcast guy <laughs> um and it has kind of that vibe to it uh in the you know, if I download it and it's someone I don't know or someone I'm not particularly keen on, I just won't listen to it. But if it's someone I'm interested in, then I'll I'll dip into that. Whereas, like the more conversational ones, like you know the podcast that you do or podcasts that hopefully we do, um, guitar nerds, I mean, uh, is more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a personal journal as much as it is
0: about guitars. Oh, that's very true. I never really thought of it that way, but that is uh, that's very accurate. I th- yeah, I think for basically, I mean. Tone Mob, Guitar Nerds, and 60 Cycle Home in particular, I think, are very yep. much that way. Uh, I, I never thought of them like a personal journal, but they kind of are, gear, yeah, a gear I'm, journal.
1: Well, you know, if you listen to Guitar Nerds, we spend probably the first 20 minutes, half an hour of an hour-ish long show just on a kind of segment that's loosely called, What Have You Been Up To? Um, so, yeah, we just talk about, you know, what guitars we've been playing, or, you know, if we've been to see a gig, whether gear was good. Or sometimes it's not about guitars at all. You know, we'll say, like, oh, it's been really sunny, so I've just, I haven't played any guitar. Um, <laughs> which, you know, some people love, really like that. Some people, you know, the feedback that we get is some people like, you just need to get on with the, the news, you know, because we, we do a, a news segment about what pedals have come out, what guitars have come out and stuff. Um, right, right. But yeah, so. yeah I think it, the things that I like about podcasts are the personal stuff. I think that is the attraction. Otherwise, I will just read a, you know, I'll, I'll read
0: a review online or watch a YouTube video. So, that's how I feel too. Um, you know, once in a while, not really so much on my show, but Brian gets some stuff on Chasing Tone where they're like, "Oh, come on, will you just get on to the guitar stuff?" And it's like, "Well, yes, we we do talk about guitar stuff, but like you said, if if that's all you want, and then you can you can find." somebody just straight up talking about the latest gibsons or whatever anywhere. You don't yeah. get that kind of personality and uh, conversation that goes along with it and that's why I like podcasts too. So well and it's
1: you know that's kind of the reason that people have stopped buying guitar magazines and I think in a way people are drifting away from traditional guitar websites as well. You know, covering the industry in a way that is very much like the magazines used to which is here's the gear that's come out, here's what we think of it, uh, here's a couple of record reviews, and maybe an interview with a celebrity guitarist. Like I just don't think people are interested
0: in the stuff that
1: way anymore.
0: I think that speaks to like media in general, though. Totally, yeah. yeah it's People are wanting that smaller, more niched, personal, you know. People yeah. will come listen to your show because they like you guys. Or yeah. are interested in what you have to say, not necessarily because Slash is on it, you know, <laughs> or whatever. I mean,
1: I reckon our numbers would be pretty good for that episode. Uh, if Slash <laughs> was on it, but um yeah, I think that's why people come back. You know, I occasionally, if I'm doing a search on podcasts, if there's something that I'm interested in, I'll dip in and listen to an episode of a podcast on a particular topic that I'm interested in. But if there isn't that personal touch, I will, I won't ever go back. Like, I won't subscribe. I'll just get the thing that I need and then leave, which is kind of how I feel about YouTube to an extent as well. Unless there's personality, I'll just dip in to a video that's about the direct subject that I'm looking for. um, And then I won't subscribe to that channel. I'll just shoot off and go and look at something else.
0: Yeah. I think a a lot of people fall into that category. It's just, um, I don't know. It's just more interesting, I guess, to have that personal touch on things. It just, that's the way media is going and, I think we're just going to see more and more of that um, as time goes on. Um, I think the reason that like there's all of a sudden guitar podcasts are becoming a thing is because like podcasts have been popular for a while, but I think guitar players in general, and I include myself in this are a little behind. Like we're always playing catch up with what the rest of the world is doing sometimes because we're so rooted in old school ideas and vintage, whatever, you know, it's, I don't. I think it's just it's something that the industry has as a whole, and that's probably uh, why guitar player magazines and things like that are still relatively successful. Totally, know? totally. And I, I just I wonder sometimes
1: like who still buys the print magazines, and there must be an audience out there because you know they're still going. Um, but yeah, for me that just doesn't hold any sway. Like I couldn't tell you a single you know, you know the big guita- the big uh, guitar magazine here is Guitarist. Mm-hmm. um which is a big UK magazine um i could not tell you a single person who works there uh whereas you know i know you do your podcast and i know the guys at 60 cycle hum do theirs and that to me is more important i follow you know if you say something's good or the 60 cycle hum guys or brian oneplus says that something's good then i know that that's their i know it's, it's your personal opinion and i kind of trust that whereas if a magazine says it i don't know because they're so faceless i kind of I always think, like, who's telling me this information, you know?
0: <laughs> right. Well, and kind of further down that, like you said, you don't know anyone that works there. I don't either. Furthermore, yeah. do you know anybody in your immediate circle that reads them on a regular basis?
1: Um, no. uh, No, not really. I don't either. No. I, when I was still working retail, we'd get people come in and say, oh, I've seen this in a magazine, but... You know, there's always older guys, um, and you know that's a, for them. It's a totally valid way of getting the information that they need. But I think, you know, if you're a bit more kind of internet savvy and you've grown up, I think the, the thing for me is, you know, I listen to and watch kind of a lot of uh, stuff from the gaming industry, and because mm-hmm. there's so many people involved in it, they're kind of uh, very, I don't know, they're very far ahead. Uh, in terms of you know what they're doing and how, they, how the media that's involved in it covers the industry, and that's kind of what we've tried to shoot for,
0: I think, with guitar nerds. Um, that, that's really smart. I like yeah. that.
1: Well, it, you know, I know I don't know how I don't know how if you're much of a gamer or if you follow that that much at all, but you know, big sites like IGN and Giant Bomb and people like that, it's it, they're all pushing the personalities um, because. You know, it'd be so easy to just put up a press release, Um, but any site can do that. Whereas if you're one of these big sites with a budget, you can afford to hire people with a bit of personality and a bit of talent. So that's kind of where I think a lot of these industries are kind of trending towards.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm not a big gamer. Um, okay. But just knowing what I know about that industry and having friends who are, it's like, that, that ed- industry is on the cutting edge of everything because yeah. video games are all constantly you know innovating and doing new things. Um, they have to or they die. Yeah. So it makes sense that the media would follow a trend, whereas guitar players, like innovation is sometimes... <laughs> or guitar gear, sometimes innovation is a little bit discouraged. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah, but I think it's getting better,
1: and I think that the more... Exposure there is um, you know through things like YouTube and the the more niches that are coming up you know the, that channel knobs that does the pedal demos oh yes, yes incredible stuff, but could you ever see like guitar player or guitarist or anything doing a video like that? There's just absolutely no way no. Um,
0: and that's because they've been able to find the niche through something like YouTube yep, that's true so let's talk about that a little bit like you you started the podcast while you guys were still at GAK. And then yeah. you have these YouTube videos that are actually like they have loads of hits. And like I said, yeah. I forgot I forgot like oh I've watched several of their videos. I totally spaced. Um, yeah, so we didn't we got up to the point in the story I guess where so we were doing the
1: GAK podcast um mm-hmm. because I'd just come well just was going through university and doing media and digital tech and bits and pieces. Um and then I left to go and do something else. Um and jay and matt left fairly fairly close behind joe still works there and you know we're still good good friends with all the gak guys and stuff mm-hmm. um but then we wanted to still hang out like i say it's a our philosophy has always been like it's a bit of a personal journal so um yeah we still wanted to get together and drink beers and drink gin and talk about guitars so <laughs> uh, um so that's what we've been doing for the last 18 months something like that um as guitar nerds the podcast but just before that i started the youtube channel and yeah it's not i mean we started doing some more traditional stuff like we do gear demos and stuff now uh we do a thing called pedal of the week where we do a you know demo pedal a week um but really you know like
0: you say the ones that have got the big numbers are the kind of buzzfeed-esque list videos yeah like i like i've seen that and i was kind of after we talked the first time i was like i wonder. Like oh, this has a ton of views, like that's crazy uh I would almost say that that the, the as far as just strict numbers go, that's probably higher than anything else you've done right uh well the the kind of list videos yeah, yeah yeah uh yeah i mean they
1: they certainly dwarf the kind of gear demos because. You know, we we don't have a professional studio for the gear demos. We do it in you know one of our houses, and um, yeah, we we get some really interesting gear. We've been lucky to to work with some some really small builders, and we're just doing a series of videos with Seymour Duncan on their pedals. Oh, sweet! Um, but you know, there's so many people doing amazing demos out there um, that that is very very hard to to compete in. Um, but the the other videos we do, the list videos, are I guess a bit unique, really. No one else is doing it, and we're kind of lucky to to get in there first. Mm-hmm. But again, they're unique to the guitar industry, but they're not unique to video games. Or you know, uh, loads of people are doing list videos on YouTube, um, and they're really interesting. I think you know that's the sort of thing I watch. I've got ten minutes, and I want to sit down and watch the top ten. I don't know, top ten FIFA goals ever. um i'll do that because you know it's a real it's a real neat time killer and you kind of feel like you've you've seen the whole story in in 10 minutes so Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's kind of what we we're taking our inspiration again more from Mm -hmm. more from youtube culture than
0: gear Mm -hmm. videos i guess okay yeah that makes a lot of sense that's a do you find that you are able to drive people I don't know if you, I haven't seen that you've tried this or not. Maybe you have. Have you found that you're able to drive people from your YouTube channel to your podcast relatively easy, or is that a challenge?
1: Um, It's difficult to know where people come from, I guess. As you probably know, like podcast statistics. are. I mean, I don't know who hosts your podcast, but podcast statistics are pretty vague at the best of times. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, that's, I'm being, sure. that's being generous. Yeah, I'm sure you... <laughs> I'm sure you find it as well. we know roughly how many people listen um and it seems to be going up, which is good um but it's just yeah, so we don't know how many of those are coming from youtube but the the podcast is on YouTube now as well because we something's happened in the last few weeks. we do the podcast live,
0: oh, that's right, that's right
1: yeah we're um we hooked up with the a, a service called Amplify, who are um some guys based in California who essentially want to create a live streaming platform for, for music and guitar related stuff. Um, and they had seen the videos and heard the podcast and said like, why don't we, why don't you film this or, you know, stream it live um, video wise. So we're still kind of getting our heads around it. And that once it's filmed live, it then gets archived on amplify and also goes up onto YouTube as well. So yeah, i like to feel the podcast is reaching different audiences, but still iTunes is you know the way people find podcasts
0: of course of course yeah I actually found you guys because um which is funny I don't know why it took me so long but I found you because Ryan from 60 cycle Hum was like are you listening to this I was like no, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, it was like, those, it was like guys, "Oh, sweet! This is awesome!" You know,
1: those I, guys I, have been uh, been really nice to us. You know, it, and I've heard you talk about it before, but there's like a real sense of community with podcasters and particularly uh, i think with the the kind of small group of guitar podcasts that that there are you know we we've talked about you on the show and we talked about 60 cycle hum and i think brian is going to come onto the show at some point Um, oh sweet so yeah i mean why not we could all view each other as competition i guess um but it's surely it's better to just share you know the real competition i i don't see as guitar podcasts i see it as you know Gaming YouTube channels and stuff like that—things that are going to eat into people's attention.
0: Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, so well, yeah, let's all be nice to each other. How about that? Of course, no, <laughs> I I'm totally on board with that because you know we're honestly it's still too small um, of a of a group of of solid hardcore listeners. Yeah. To because because everyone that listens to to my show most likely listens to your show too, or they probably will after this. You know what well, I mean? I hope so. <laughs> and by, animi- If you're listening to this, join <laughs> us.
1: We're friendly, and we talk about guitars for an hour a week. Yeah, it's, and they don't sound good. like
0: dumb Americans. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Just sound like the dumb English instead. <laughs> Which instantly sounds smarter than an American. At least that's what Americans think. Well, or at least this- smarter or more evil, if I'm,
1: uh, oh, if I'm led, led to
0: believe 80s action films. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, maybe you guys are the evil podcast. Maybe we, we don't want to share listeners. You guys might try to murder us or something. I don't know. Hold we're, them for we're, ransom. No, we're, we're friendly, but then I would say that if we were evil. So That's true. I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So you guys did something I thought was pretty interesting uh, okay. on Twitter. Um, the, the World Cup of Petals. Yeah, I why don't you like kind of I'll let you explain to the audience what that is. Uh but I thought that was really fun. I just wouldn't yeah. say that. It was fun and extremely stressful for me, um,
1: because setting it up was a bit of a nightmare. So World Cup of Pedals um was I got the inspiration for this because there's a British comedian called Richard Osman, who uh he has a TV show over here, like a quiz show, and uh he was doing a thing called the World Cup of Biscuits. Um, <laughs> where And this is the in the European biscuit sense. Uh,
0: so, like, hobnobs. you familiar with a hobnob? N- no, I've, I've heard of hobnobbing. And that usually okay. means it's, you're up to no good. But what's a yeah. hobnob? <laughs> uh,
1: it's, a, it's a chocolate-covered oat biscuit.
0: Oh, okay. Oh,
1: like a, like a cookie. What would we call a cookie over here? What would you that would that call a cookie, yeah. But yeah. there's, like... Yeah, so he was basically uh, on Twitter. He was having a knockout tournament of Twitter polls um, about biscuits. And uh, I forget what one, maybe like a crunch cream or something like that. Um, And we thought, this is really fun. Uh, It's a good way of getting everyone involved. Um, I mean, he is super famous. so He was getting like a million people voting in each round. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we set up a knockout tournament. I think we had like... 64 different pedals to begin with and we just let people vote on their favorite in each round like groups of four vote on the favorite do you like the Proco rat or the seawood duncan vapor trail or a carbon copy or a, i don't know boss dd 500 or something um and yeah we had a a knockout tournament uh that was the world cup of pedals
0: yes it was super cool and i was very shocked at the winner um, yeah I couldn't yeah, believe that. Th- I mean, that's a cool pedal, but I was just surprised. Like, I, you don't hear that much buzz about it for that one. The Casper delay, is that right?
1: Yeah, Cast Engineering, Casper yeah. delay. So, the we, when we set it up, we not only did we tag each brand in their kind of first round, or we tagged them in every round, actually, on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and we also sent around an email to you know people we know in the industry and said, you know, your brand is taking part in this, you should share it on social, and... That's kind of what it ended up being an experiment in. It was like who was going to get behind their pedal the most and who could kind of mobilize their ah. th- their fan base um because you know the bigger companies, although we've worked with them in in some respect some regards um they just didn't seem that fast, so it was really funny seeing you know super popular pedals dropping out really early to to these kind of unknown brands and stuff, and it actually worked out great because it was a, a cool way for little little unknown brands to um to get involved and and push their brands so yeah cast engineering came out on top because they were kind of best at
0: mobilizing their troops as it were yeah Um, they they did they did really good i thought that was very cool very very cool
1: yeah, and because of that, I think they you know they picked up a uh, a couple dealers. um People started stocking the pedals and stuff. So yeah, really cool for us to to see see that because we really like the stuff. Custom engineering are a, are a cool brand. So, mm-hmm. um but yeah, there was other people. Thorpy Effects. Have you have you heard the Thorpy Effects stuff? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The Muffroom Cloud is high on the, my list to acquire.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, they've. um We keep meaning to get one in for a pedal of the week demo, but we've not had one yet. So I've just got a big mountain of pedals i'm looking at right now in the corner of my uh, my living room and
0: uh we need to get through a lot of stuff before we get around to it <laughs> well are you gonna do <laughs> are you gonna do it again next year do you think i want to but maybe we should do world cup of guitars the problem um, is i think
1: the, that's the, true. like because we just because of the situation where you know we're us, you know, just four four blokes doing uh, like demo videos, it's much easier for us to do pedal videos. Of, of course, we haven't really reached out to many guitar manufacturers because they're very unlikely to send us one. Um, you know, it's much easier to send a pedal out, I guess, for demo. Um, so yeah, my guitar knowledge, despite hosting a podcast called Guitar Nerds and doing videos and stuff my current like current guitar knowledge of local builders and smaller builders is probably not what it should be.
0: Well, that, I mean that's just how it goes. Like yeah. like nobody wants to pack up a $3000 guitar and ship it like, no. unless they're, unless they've sold it to somebody. Like it's just yes. it's nerve-wracking to ship guitars anyway. Yeah. You can pack them so well and then then they just get trashed. Uh, yeah. It's it's so it, yeah, that's why the, you don't see very many Guitar demos outside of um, the manufacturers themselves doing it. Of course, yeah. it just kind of logistically makes sense. But yeah, and retailers, I guess, is the
1: other one because they're on their shop floor. You know, um, well, that's true. Yeah, they can just go and
0: grab them and and, and do that. So, mm-hmm. so here's a qu- good question for you, mm-hmm. and it's it's always interesting to talk to other guys who play a lot of pedals. Um, yeah, do you have any specific companies or Products that are really piquing your interest right now because there's just so much cool stuff out there, it's always interesting to hear. Is anybody really doing it for you?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's loads. We keep getting sent really nice stuff, and every time I plug stuff in, I'm kind of blown away by what people are doing. So, my board, my personal board, is actually pretty conservative. Like, I've got a tuna, I've got a crybaby, I've got uh, electroharmonic soul food, which I've kind of fallen out of love with. Um, Strymon Flint, which is my, one of my favorite pedals of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll tell you what, actually, I just bought count to five, uh, Montreal assembly count to five, which is totally not the sort of thing I would normally buy because my board is kind of, my personal board is kind of boring. Um, but I just can't get, I can't figure out how it works. Have you, have you tried one yet?
0: <laughs> no, not yet. I really, okay. really want to though. I, I think I'm going to have to break down and get one pretty soon. Cause I'm just like, ah, everyone's talking about it and I've not laid my fingers on those knobs. So I better, yeah. I better get one pretty soon.
1: Yeah. Um, I need to, I need to sit down. I actually don't have an amp in the house at the moment. So I need to sit down and, uh, and plug it in and just kind of get my head around it. So no I, amp I in the house. No amp in the house right now. It's at, um, Jay's. Jay, who's on the podcast, it's at his place because he's selling a few guitars and he needs a small amp to when someone comes around to try stuff out. So,
0: gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I just that have, makes sense.
1: I just have a little um,
0: Hughes and Kettner Tube Meister Five. The, the Hugh, okay, the Hughes and Kettner stuff. Um, yeah, for a while, like I just kind of like ignored. I was like, oh yeah, whatever. German amp company, it's probably for shred metal, which isn't really my thing. Uh, But this is like the third time in the last two weeks I was like, have you tried any of that new tube uh, in Hughes & Kettner stuff? Like, It's pretty cool. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to revisit this company. I think they're much more interesting than I gave them credit for. So the reason I have a TubeMaster 5 is obviously it's it's
1: 5 watt. Uh, It's really small um, and... Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing the property situation in Portland is similar to here, but, uh, you know, I just live in like a one bedroom flat, you know, one bedroom apartment. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I need something small and fairly quiet. So, uh, yeah, the tube mo- and I got it cheap. That's the other thing I'd picked it up in a super cheap deal. So I have that, but I'm- you know, when you have a bit of gear that you're not sure that you like, yes does does that ring bells that's kind of where i'm at with the with the tubemeister um yeah it's good because it's kind of it's fairly flat and even response on the clean channel um so running pedals in the front end is is pretty nice um but yeah the drive channel is is pretty poor it's kind of like this is going to sound like a strange way to describe something but you know when something's like papery
0: oh yeah yeah and it's kind of like crunchy but not in the not in a good way yeah yeah yeah
1: and just just a bit like flat sounding and so i don't know if i like the the uh tube Master 5 yeah but it it's here it's in the house and it, it does the job um for the moment but i kind of fancy one of those bass breakers
0: yeah me too i played one the other day it was i was like oh these look pretty cool i wonder wonder what it sounds mm. like and it this sounded really really good uh yeah I think they're a good pedal platform.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. So the it's the 007, isn't it? That's the smallest one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I played the 15. No, I tried tried the 15, so it was a little bit louder. Um, Okay. But if I think the preamp and stuff is all the same, so it should have a very very close, you know, sound.
1: I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by them because you know I'm a Fender Fender guy at heart. Really like uh i'm primarily a bass player i guess so i play fender basses, and um i've had various fender guitars and stuff and but i've never owned a fender amp um you know on the podcast we bang on about the blues junior all the time that's kind of Mm -hmm. a a bit of a a running gag it's the the drinking game of guitar nerds is when we say blues junior finish your drink um (laughs) and you'll be the drunkest person alive Uh, (laughs) so so yeah love blues juniors but even 15 watts is too loud for, for where i live so it's kind of cool to see that they're doing something even lower wattage. Um yeah, 7 watt bass breaker. I think that's what I'm going to investigate.
0: I like that. I like that theory. I mean 15 watts is loud. Or yeah. it can it can be very loud. I mean my I like you talk about the Blues Junior all the time. All I talk about is my Benson Monarch. Uh that thing's loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, it I mean I don't, I, know, I measured it with, a uh, just an iPhone decibel meter one time. I just plugged a looper in cause I built this, um, this little shred shed out in my backyard <laughs> and I tried to, uh, make it as soundproof as I could afford to make it basically. Yeah. Um, obviously it's a very expensive endeavor if anyone's ever looked into trying to get things isolated. Uh, so I, I, I did a test when it was all done and I, I was pushing about 115 decibels, according to that iPhone decibel meter. Wow! Uh, So 15 watts is plenty loud for, depending on the design of the amp and the efficiency of the speaker. That's that's for sure.
1: Well that's, it's kind of why we always recommend the uh Blues Junior because you know we so part a big part of the podcast is the Facebook group um mm-hmm. and you know we've got a real cool little community there who come on and submit questions that either get answered by us or other people in the group or we take them to the podcast um and kind of you know try and answer it in a in a round table kind of way um and the reason the blues junior keeps coming up is because 15 watts is loud um so we can recommend it as a small gigging amp but for most people who you know live in a slightly bigger property than mine um you know 15 watts will be okay for home um and uh, they're about four to five hundred pounds i think they're like 450 um Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of what most people are looking to spend. Uh, so, yeah, Blue Junior just keeps – it's just a, a real easy go-to for us. And not saying that we're lazy, um, but <laughs> s- sort of. Um, and also, the, uh, you know, the other thing is, you know, you mentioned like Benson and stuff, but you kind of can't get that wide a variety of amps in the UK. It's the one thing, you know, pedals have really started coming in and guitars have started coming in, but, you know, you see people like Morgan – Mm-hmm. um and friedman now i've got a distributor but real small companies uh we struggle with because it goes back to that that shipping you know the likelihood of someone shipping you know ones and twos over here is 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 pretty small
0: yeah that's that's true yeah we we're so spoiled here we can get yeah. everything almost <laughs> Like, well, if, why is, everything's here, and and half of it one? seems like it's in Portland. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I need to come over and visit because uh, we've. I've been to the states a couple times. I went to Nam a few years back, and mm-hmm. um. But yeah, I've never been to Portland, so uh, desperate to come over.
0: Yeah, well, we got about uh, just off the top of my head, like f- five pedal manufacturers that are in the you know or more there's probably more i don't know there's a ton of ton of gear builders in portland for some reason it's it's like a hub i don't maybe know what, do, maybe, maybe I, can,
1: I can charge it to guitar nerds in some way maybe i can get a free holiday by uh, saying that i'm going to do uh investigative journalism about the amp building scene in portland maybe it,
0: exactly see now you're <laughs> thinking like i do i'm like yeah you know what um, I'm going to the grocery store, but you know it's right by a guitar center. I can write those miles off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. If I go, if I go into the guitar center for uh, market research, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, maybe pick up some beers. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You probably use them while you you know editing videos and stuff. So that's fine. Just charge it all.
0: Charge it all char- to the company. It's fine. Exactly. It's a lot. A lot. <laughs> exactly. Do you guys have? Now this is gonna. We're gonna just have everyone rolling their eyes or turning this off at this point do you guys have similar business laws to the u.s then it sounds like because you're talking about the same kind of stuff here like yeah, miles well, and and business expenses and etc
1: yeah i mean without going into it too deeply we're kind of um like guitar Nerds is like a is set up now for for all that so um yeah, I think going going deep into it would be super boring. But we're, we're, <laughs> we can do that the off st- the air. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of got to the stage now, you know, where we've uh we have people signing up via Patreon. Mm-hmm. Who sign up on Patreon, it's getting a extra bit of content every week and so people are donating and you know, in in a way we have to
0: we oh, I lost use- you I lost you right when you said Patreon. We'll have oh. to do a, we'll have to do a quick edit, just rewind the last like twenty seconds and yeah, repeat yeah. it.
1: So uh, yeah, so you know, forty-one minutes. It's...
0: Okay, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. All
1: right. So yeah, now we're kind of uh, we're we're set up, and um, one of the things that we have with with guitar Nerds is you know people subscribe via Patreon and, and help us out with with kind of running costs and stuff for, and they get some extra content every week. So yeah, we um we've kind of we've got to a point where we're kind of deciding where to go next with that. What it will probably fund is getting us to NAM because obviously it's a, it's an expensive. Flight over. Oh um, yeah, and I really want to do Nam. Like I said, I was there, 2014, mm-hmm. shooting videos and stuff. So yeah, really want to want to come over again. Now that we know a few more people, you know, like speaking to you and speaking to the 60 Cycle Hum guys. When I went over last, I was kind of I was with a retail. Well, I was with GAK, so it was very oh, okay. much like go over there, speak to the brands that we we deal with, and shoot videos of their of their stuff. Um, which is cool, you know. It's always great to, to get the the first videos up of stuff like live from the show floor. But it would be cool to come over and do like crossover podcasts and maybe set up some sort of video thing and m- meet a few of the brands that we've been dealing with. You know, like I've never met the guys from Cast Engineering, but we've reviewed a load of their pedals and stuff. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah, I was I was at NAMM twenty fifteen, okay, and and that was the first time ever for me. And uh, yeah, I, I say that the, we keep talking about sixty cycle hum, but they were like my nam Sherpas. Yeah, because I was like <laughs> I had no idea what to expect, and they're like just kind of took me and my, my friends that came with me under under their wing, and were like, listen, it's just it'll be fine, you know. They've
1: been doing it a while. They've got all the connections. They're the uh, the go to guys, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, well, they had done it before, and they kind of walked around in a daze, like like I would have yeah uh, but like since they they kind of were like, "Oh, yeah, this is how it works, and you can go here and here and talk to this person, I'm like, Oh okay, this is much simpler than what I made it out to be in my yeah. head. It was so but, overwhelming, uh, you know it, it, there's so much just in that convention
1: center that yeah, it's so easy to just walk around kind of uh let's like say in a daze.
0: yeah, it's like a sensory overload, like in a huge way it's just so like so many flashing lights and like loud sounds <laughs> it's just like yeah. did you spend much time in or any time in the drama area because that is like a it's like a migraine brought to life oh yeah well to talking about benson again him and veritas guitars were set up right by the drums last year oh man and i was i was talking to chris i'm like yeah i'm i'm a- you know, your booth isn't, you know, looks great. You got good stuff here. I'm going to go, though, because I'm about to blow my brains out. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the year that we went, it was Pictronics who were, like, directly
1: opposite the drum area. And uh, 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 I, his name escapes me, but the, the fella from uh, Pictronics was trying to explain uh, the echolution, which is super complicated. And all you yes. could hear was just kids just smashing cymbals.
0: Uh. Um, <laughs> yeah, not the best place to be, I don't think. That's probably why they had an actual ISO booth last year.
1: Oh, Pigtronic, did
0: they? Yeah, Pigtronics and and Supro, um, right. you know, they're kind of the same company or under the same umbrella. Yeah, um, they had a yeah they had an actual isolation booth last year, and that was really really nice because you could actually you know understand what they were talking about, which was a huge plus. And I have a feeling that was a direct result of them being across from the drums. Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's the. the because we were there doing product demos the brands that had isolation booths and quiet areas and stuff you, the show was so much better for them uh in terms of like the video
0: content that was coming out for sure for sure i mean like well not everybody can afford to do this but uh talked to uh paul reed smith there and yeah he had like not only an iso booth but like they had that entire room upstairs yeah. and then we went into the back of that so that was like a complete isolated like lovely experience so. yeah
1: those um the upstairs rooms
0: are I, i'd imagine they're pretty pricey but uh it's definitely you know for the big brands it's totally worth it oh of course because then they can do things like what you're talking about video content yeah. and it's such a better quality because it's not across from the symbols yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah when uh, when we were there we saw like a couple of live gigs in the taylor area um and you just you couldn't do that thing on, the sort of thing on the show floor is just
0: chaos yeah it's 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 undescribable i know we could go on and on about how it is but like i guess people just need to go for themselves eventually the uh <clears throat> whatever the uh, underground hall is is my absolute favorite some
1: of the stuff in there is so weird um, oh yes and i totally didn't appreciate it when we were there when I was there filming because because we were looking out for kind of our own brands um yeah some of the stuff down there it varies from like amazing like really cool boutique builders right through to uh like OEM you know Chinese built uh stuff that you know looks exactly the same as the Moore or the Hotone pedals (laughs) um just with another name on it and like flicking between those two kind of realities
0: like each end of the pedal spectrum is is pretty mind-blowing isn't it weird like I've talked about this with Wampler a couple times. Like, why... What is it... I don't understand those companies. You know what I mean? Um, like, how they can afford to be at Nam? Yeah. And, and, like, they can't be moving that much volume because everyone knows they're exactly the same. Like, there's, like, I, 20 Joyo it, clone companies. It's weird.
1: I guess it must be that their factory is probably also making other things um like other consumer electronics
0: oh that's a good it's, point it's probably
1: that and you know it would only take them to you know pick up a distributor who wants to get their own name you know own brand pedals out there to start doing volume so yeah i could in my kind of current job i deal with this quite a lot um because I, I work for an importer um and yeah you just see that all the time you know it's factories like going out there and looking for for brands who who you know or distributors who want to put their uh their own name on something so you know, someone could go out there potentially as a as a distributor buy a very similar pedal to Moore or, or joyo or hotone or the other one that comes into the uk a lot and kind of slap their brand on there and if they've got enough of a marketing machine um
0: it could be really successful you know right 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 That that's a well, thanks for the explanation because I've just been scratching my head about it. I'm like, how are they? What are they doing? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that they're sitting there, kind of like in the factory, going, right. How are we going to topple Wampler or topple Boss? I think it's more that uh, they're kind of providing a service for someone to to market their brand through through a product. Uh,
0: okay, all, it, you learn something new every day.
1: Every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, thanks. that's the other. That's the other place I'd like to go. Actually, I'd love to go to some of the Chinese factories and just see you know what's going on there and see how the pedals are being built and stuff
0: uh i think it'd be it'd be interesting i think the scale would just be insane to see yeah. that many like you know there's just thousands and thousands just sitting there yeah. like probably with no sticker on them just waiting to have the brand printed on it or whatever totally. um, yeah
1: yeah and they're, uh, you know the kind of prototypes and stuff would just be Insane. Really, really interesting. Obviously, it's completely the other end of like really also interesting boutique, uh, boutique builders who are doing it for the, for the art a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to kind of
0: see both ends of the spectrum. For sure. That would be fascinating, actually. And I mean, there's even like, you know, there's factories over here that are literally like factories um, yeah. that I'd like to see that are making effects for, for other people. Um, I think it would be interesting to kind of see like all the different brands kind of side by side. The interesting thing about some of the boutique stuff is, even though there are like companies that have they do, they do the design and have other people build it for them. I mean, that's essentially what J Rocket does. Yeah. Uh, they they even put out a video about it. Um, it'd just be interesting to go in there and see all the different brands that are made in the same place that are kind of competitors. Um, it's just kind yeah, of another. I always
1: Behind find the that scenes. weird. I find that weird. Like I say, I, I deal with day to day, deal with consumer electronics, and uh, yeah, just seeing, knowing that a lot of the big players make stuff in exactly the same factory, made by exactly the same people, just on a different production schedule, is uh, is really funny to
0: me. <laughs> it is, and it's like uh, it'd be it'd be. Well, I guess it's kind of semi-secret for a reason. Like, I don't think most people would like to hear that. (laughs) No. No. Um, But that's our job, is to peel the curtain
1: back. we got to peel the curtain back. Indeed. Which is, again, you know, we talk about kind of like the old way of of, uh, music industry or, you know, gear journalism. I think no one's really done that. You know, you pick up a guitar mag and you get first 10 pages of interview with the artists. Your back few pages are some gear reviews and then you got your classifieds and unless it's kind of like a PR piece, uh, about, you know, this brand let us into their, their factory to have a look. Um, which is, you know, a lot of the time will be advertorial content and and paid for and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I just want to see different stories about guitar gear. And I don't think anyone's doing that
0: yet. Well there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot that can be said that that hasn't been said just like you said. How many times can I say said in a row, which is another thing <laughs> we're trying to do. Uh it's it's there's a lot that people don't realize. Like it's starting to become more and more common knowledge, but for for a while and I remember when I found it out, I didn't know that a lot of demo guys like the bigger Bigger guys get paid to do demos. I didn't know that when I first like sure. started podcasting. I had no idea. Yeah, I yeah. I was like, then I then you take a step back and go, well, look, well, of course they would be. Like they're doing a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> and it's the only way you can make it a viable business. But
1: yeah, I think that because I've kind of come from obviously you know worked in the kind of uh, gear industry for a long time. Like I said, fourteen mm-hmm. years in a, in a guitar shop and stuff like that. But my one of my main interests, is, and like I said, I went away to to study it for a long time, is um, you know, broadcast and kind of storytelling. And I think no matter you know whether it's like I said, podcasts about gaming or sports or um, whatever you listen to, finance, the podcast and the content that's interesting is the stories. It kind of doesn't the the object that you're talking about kind of acts as the MacGuffin to the story, as it were. And I think there's no one's done that with guitar stuff yet.
0: Yet. That's the key word.
1: Indeed. There's there's definitely scope for something like that. And I'm not talking about doing a full like NPR style podcast about guitars, but I think every now and then there's there's room for more than just this is single coil pickup. So it sounds like this. And this has a maple neck, which is brighter than rosewood. You know, how many times can you (laughs) you hear that? You know? Um, So yeah. And the podcast that we do is kind of the story is about us, but I would kind of like to do some video stuff that's about, you know, this, I I had the idea of like doing a around the world in 80 guitars project where maybe like actually flying and visiting these people and try and make it around the world in you know in a kind of clockwise direction or anti-clockwise or whatever um mm-hmm. going and staying with a guitar builder for a couple of days or a week and like watching what they do and speaking to them and then go to another one but
0: you know that's an expensive project That is is an expensive project, but I would totally watch every second of it if you did that.
1: Yeah, completely. But Mm -hmm. wouldn't that be interesting rather than just going, oh, yeah, we use this tone wood and we use a coal tap here. You know, that stuff is cool and it's really good to know,
0: but there's only so far that can take you, you know. I totally agree. And when you were talking about the story and whenever somebody's like asked me what episode of my podcast they should listen to, like I automatically and there's there's a lot that i really like but i automatically always point to the robert keely episode um specifically because like of what you just said he really opened up and told his story on that like way more than i would have ever expected like he told me he told stuff on there that i don't know has been officially had been officially made public at that point like his his struggles with the prescription pill addiction and stuff like that and it was like whoa like this just got heavy (laughs) well i mean can you ever imagine you know that being on a traditional
1: guitar website or you know in a print magazine they just they wouldn't for you know the the criticism that's always leveled at guitar magazines is you know why is joe bonamassa on the cover again and it's like well that's (laughs) that's what that audience wants to read i think you know and that's what sells sells magazines i don't think a story you know about uh you know Robert Keeley's, um, uh, yeah, like you say, like the struggle uh, would sell that mag- many magazines, but for
0: a podcast, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a, and it was a good talk, and it just like made me like have even more respect for him than I already did. It was just like yeah. this is like you, you know, it's just the story. It all comes back to the story. You're absolutely yeah. right about that.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's kind of what everything's about you know it's the the great human tradition of, of storytelling um and that's kind of i feel that there is room for that in the in the guitar world um and that, that's kind of i guess we already do tell stories about the guitars themselves you know and that's why relics exist and that's why there's so much reverence for you know uh late 50s Les Pauls um it's because of the story yes they might be a uh, like a subjectively better instrument
0: um but the thing that draws you towards it I'm is forcing. the story absolutely i mean that's what why i like used guitars like yeah, even totally. just a, not a vintage guitar just just a used guitar can be really interesting it's like oh how did that get there yeah. you know i wonder what was going on that made this nick appear you know in this otherwise fine guitar like Something interesting probably happened, even if it was simple as the drunk bass player knocked it out of the stand. Like, it's still interesting to know. There's nothing uh, wrong with drunk bass players. <laughs> I didn't say there was.
1: <laughs> but, and I have not many guitars off stands, so
0: uh,
1: <laughs> this is definitely like my P bass. I've got a, a 2003 USA standard P bass, which has mm-hmm. done probably nearly a thousand, maybe 800 to a thousand gigs, something like that, and. Nice. Uh, it has big chunks out of it, but because it's, um, because it's uh, poly finish, they just come off as like chunks. Right. I, it, I wish that I'd got something. It's, it, I wish I'd got something that has a, as a nitro finish, um, cause yeah. it would tell much more of a pleasing story as it is. It just, <laughs> it looks like a, a, I don't
0: know, shattered iceberg where the, the bits of it have just like splintered <laughs> off. So <laughs> That's that's what I've told people. I, I you know there's a lot of mojo that goes along uh, with the nitro finish, and you know, oh, people say it breeds better and all that. Like, well, that I don't really buy, but um, I do. What I do like about it is how it wears. Yeah, and um, it's it's not it has nothing to do with with I like its lack of durability.
1: <laughs> yeah, completely. And well, I think if you hit them hard enough, know they they kind of. They're as durable as each other. It's just how they react to that. Like,
0: the nitro just kind of uh, bruises. Yeah, it, it just looks better when it gets injured, basically. Yeah, totally. Well, Mark, we're, we're really close to the end. Um, okay. And so I better uh, wrap it up. But we, do, we should do this, and, and I think this would be really interesting to get the British take on this definitely um what kind of pizza do you like <laughs> oh i knew this was
1: coming so, i knew you did <laughs> uh, there is a um there's a place uh, that is, is not a chain, it's just a little place in Brighton called Pizza Me um, who hopefully I'll get them a copy of this podcast and we'll get free pizzas. That'd be amazing. But, um, <laughs> pizza Me is the best pizza I've ever had and I've just spent um, some time in Italy. Pizzas there were phenomenal um, but Pizza Me, I don't know what it is about it. They've just got something going on with the cheese that's amazing. They've got something on the base that's incredible. Um, they do one that is a... Um, smoked ham egg and mm. uh, asparagus pizza that is
0: so good best pizza ever that sounds right up my alley yeah. now i really want to come to brighton <laughs> well you're welcome anytime you know come and check out the pizza oh we'll do definitely come to brighton we have uh hipsters and good pizza
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and we you know we've got a beach that doesn't have any sand
1: on it uh we've got some we've got a pier that's got some uh, bad rides on it um <laughs> and we've got we've got lots of good music as well so
0: perfect that sounds like my kind of town it's good it's good it's best place in the uk all right well you know i guess you know this is coming mark uh thank you very much for coming on i appreciate it it, no was, a, it was a pleasure talking to you thanks and, for having uh, me oh yes we should we should do it again sometime
1: yeah, definitely. Let's make this a semi-regular thing. Okay, we can do that, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's <laughs> loads of stuff to catch up on. Not too soon, but we, you know, we'll do it again down the line.
0: Alright, sounds good. I love it. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, for Mark, this is Blake, and as always, good luck and good tones. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. Don't forget to check out Mark's show, the Guitar Nerds podcast. It's on iTunes in all the usual... Podcast listening spots where you found this one. So make sure you check it out if you like guys sitting around talking about guitars, which apparently you're tuned into a guitar podcast. So here's another one for you. Also, make sure you check out the Tone Mob Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, search the Tone Mob. You'll see the group pop up and I'll approve you. And you can go in there and learn a whole bunch of stuff because that's what's been happening to me lately. There's some really smart, really, uh, Experienced gear nerd members in there. And I've uh, learned a lot recently from the members of that group. It's really fun. We're having a great time. Good conversations. And uh, yeah, I think you'll you'll really, really enjoy it. That's Facebook. Search The Tone Mob and you'll find it. And that's it for the week. That's it. It's been a wild week. Um, if you are following The Tone Mob on any of the social media, you know why. But yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on. So hit me up anytime. I'm here to help. I'll talk to you next week. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market.